Welcome back to the Style That Binds Us podcast. I'm Allison Brune. And I'm Delia Folk, and we are the mother-daughter co-hosts, bringing you culture through the lens of style. Welcome to The Style That Finds Us. My name is Delia Folk, and this is my mom, Allison Froome. And today we are here with Sarah Flint, who is the founder and creative director of Sarah Flint, Inc. She went to Parsons and FIT and majored in accessories design. She grew up outside of Boston and interned at Cohen's Schooler, Diane von Furstenberg, and before founding her online. Her shoes have been worn by Meghan Markle, Amal Clooney, Kristen Stewart, Lady Gaga, Charlie Claus, Cindy Crawford. We are all wearing her shoes today. And so many more insanely fabulous women. And mom has really enjoyed being an ambassador for the brand. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. So, Sarah, let's start off by talking about what was your experience like going to both Parsons and FIT? Yeah. So, in the beginning, shoes have always been my passion to start with. I used to try and wear my patent leather cap shoes to school because they were so beautiful. And um, I lived in a like colonial farmhouse in Massachusetts, so you can imagine how my mother felt. <laughs> cap shoes on the wood floors. Yeah. Um, was not happy. Um, and but I always, you know, loved fashion and started working in retail at a really young age. I went to the only luxury store in my town and said, "Give me a job, give me a job." And they were like, "Hey, you're 14 years old. Come back in a couple years." <laughs> and uh, ended up starting there, you know, like folding sweaters and doing all that kind of stuff. So I loved, you know, everything. Shoes were the passion, but I loved everything about fashion. So when I moved to New York to go to Parsons, I was doing an overall fashion design program. But I pretty much realized soon into it. I wasn't getting to do anything with shoes because they really start, you know, everything with draping and clothing and all that stuff. And I was like, this is, I really, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing shoes and I want to so badly. So I moved to FIT so that I could do accessory design specifically. Yeah. And then the other part of my background is that um, after going to Parsons and FIT, um, the reason I launched Sarah Flint was that I really wanted to make shoes for women that were both comfortable and beautiful. And I thought it was crazy that you could spend, you know, $800 for a pair of shoes and then at the end of the day, you're dying fever so much. Um, it's so crazy. And there's so much emphasis put on, you know, the like really virtuosic and, and crazy and cool designs for like the 115 millimeter stiletto heel. But there's was no emphasis on flats or mid right. So most of my collection, a lot of my collection is under 100 millimeters. Um, our best-selling style is a flat, Natalie flat, which is behind me here. Um, and so I wanted to learn about well, why is it that these shoes, you know, are uncomfortable? Why is no one doing anything about it? So I actually moved to Italy to study alongside factory workers. Yeah, and learn about the engineering that goes into shoe design. So there's a lot of details in my shoes around comfort. Like um, the ones that I have on are the perfect pump, and it's got uh, arch support mm -hmm. and six millimeters of padding. And I love and that you put the, um, the rubber. Yes, exactly. So yeah. the rubber on the bottom because I used to buy a pair of you know oh, yeah. of expensive shoes and then spend thirty dollars going to get the rubber put right. on because it's going to last longer. Absolutely, you have You're not to. Gonna slip. Right. Right. Feels better. I'm sure you tell your clients oh, yeah. that all the time. 
and then you know the bad thing is you always want to wear them. So <laughs> I know but it's kind of a, you, you know it's, it's yeah. as to some people. What? Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. especially like people are buying Christian Louboutins with the red sole, and then you're covering the red sole. Oh, yeah, because, right. You know, that's, 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 that's right. But it gets yeah. described too. Yeah. No, I'm thrilled about that part. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, there's a lot of those comfort details mm-hmm. in, in my shoes, and that's because of my manufacturing background. Um, I'm actually sample size, so I try everything on in the factory. I walk around in it. We also have, you know, other uh, sample size people here and mm-hmm. in Italy that we try and get, like someone with a wider foot and mm-hmm. someone with a more narrow mm-hmm. foot, a high arch or a low arch, so that we can really try That's and great. make something that fits. That's real because a lot of shoes are not, you know, unless you have a narrow foot, you're not going to get to it. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. Yeah. Um, the millimeters, can you translate that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So millimeter, 100 millimeters is about four inches. Okay. Um, and 85 millimeters is um, about uh, like three, just over three, okay. three and a half. Um, and then you've got 50 millimeters, which is like two inches, which is uh, what you have on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we just started doing some 30 millimeter styles. Um, so, you know, just like uh, an inch and a half, mm-hmm. which um, was something that my customers have been asking for. Yeah, a lot sure. of women saying, I don't want to wear a flat, but I don't want to wear a heel. Right. It's hard on my back when I, you know, right, when right, I, either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was our um, our rosy behind you. Is, oh, I is love that. Line. My clients love that. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That's great. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just really got that for a hair cap. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah. 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 It would be perfect. I love it. Exactly. Um, and I think you know the great part about being a direct consumer brand is that you get to have that dialogue with your customers. So I'm right. constantly hearing feedback and you know what they're looking for yeah. and and all that, so it's exciting. Very much so. Yeah, and it's wonderful that you take that into consideration. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk about this detail. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the shoes have that. They do. Um, So, I love toe cleavage. Me too. But just the right amount of toe cleavage, right? If it's too much, it's too much. Or if it's too little, it looks old and matronly. Right, right. Um, so especially on you know a lower heel mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. you know I wanted to make with the Emma, which is one of our best styles as well. I wanted to make something that um, was a lower heel but felt sexy yeah. and young. And I think both the um, both the, the cutout in the front does that, mm-hmm. as well as if you look at the heel, mm-hmm. it's cut. If you even like, oh yeah, that's it's cool. Cut in a little bit, yeah, that's cool. um, and that makes it feel that much lighter and less like uh-huh. a really chunky yeah. block heel that that's feels less That's very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I love this shape. Yeah, so I that, love it. you'll see that V shape on a lot of like on the perfect pump, which I have on. And yeah. And the, yeah. the, the Natalie, or the Natalie has a little bit of a uh-huh. meat to it too. Yeah. Just let, I love the way that looks on. I do too. Much, but I think, yeah. it I think it's very elongating and right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the shoes, like this shoe, you can wear like I'm wearing it today with a crop jean, or you can wear it with a dress. So it's very functional and comfortable as well as super chic. Definitely. I wanted to make the kinds of shoes that women didn't have to, first of all, didn't have to walk to work in another pair of shoes right. Right. and then toss, toss, the, toss those in their desk and put right. them in on, but also the kind of shoes that they weren't changing, you know, in the yeah. time if you were going out for drinks with friends right. or things like that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. 
Okay, so after your internships and school, let's talk about what steps did you take to start your brand? How did you find factories? Yeah, absolutely. So that was a big, definitely a challenging part. Um, I went and knocked on the door at a lot of factories before um, before anyone was willing to make something. Um, I was very determined that I wanted to make shoes in the top luxury factories that the top brands were making them in because of this idea that I didn't want these to be just comfort right. shoes. Yes. I wanted them yes. to be stylish and have those those beautiful lines and elegance right. and sort of hands that they have there. Um, so I you know went to a number of factories. They all said no. I was 20, I was 25 when I launched the brand. Um, and I was 23 when I started going to factories mm -hmm. and trying to get someone to, to make my shoes. And um, a 23-year-old woman in Italy, sure. is, uh, you know, it's a little Child. hard to get someone to take you seriously. Yes. So um, I got really lucky where one of my teachers had been um, a pattern maker at one of these factories. And he was able to convince his old boss and say, just, you know, sample the collection for her, take a chance. Yeah. You know, it's a good, you know, thing to do. And... Uh, and they did, and uh, that was our, our entrance. But very um, it was definitely challenging, especially in the first few years. You know, when you don't have the kinds of volume that the other brands sure. or do. Um, you know, you get pushed to the back of the production line, and it's harder to get samples and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things he told me early on was. It's like don't you know don't make too many samples don't you know mm -hmm. do too much development on heels and lasts and stuff keep it simple keep it you know keep it very narrow in your focus initially because um, the factories that's like a red flag for them because yeah they're they've been burned by so many young designers who come in and said I want to make you know a hundred samples oh, gotcha. then they come back with a production of a hundred pairs. And that's, you know, for the factories, sure, all the they have to interrupt, interrupt, they don't have sample lines, so they have to interrupt the production line um, every time they're making a pair of shoes. Um, and obviously factories will run on efficiencies. Yeah. So that really, that, that loses them a lot of money, so. That's interesting. So, um, and great advice. Yeah, exactly. If I had a factory in Italy, though, I would have a sample line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one thing that, you yeah. I would really like to, to do that because, Maybe. yeah. Is that in plan? Someday, I hope. It's really hard to, you know, have factories in Italy for, as an American to, because there's just like a lot of legislation around it, both around employee benefits and all that kind of stuff. When you have employees in Italy, you own the employees, basically. They can't be fired. Um, you know, they can't be, you know. It's, it's challenging. There's, there's a lot of, it's not where we are right now. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, and do you speak Italian? I don't speak Italian. It's so embarrassing. I've been, you know, working there for what six years now, and I just, yeah, I'm terrible at languages. They've never been easy for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you love to speak It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, just their zest for life. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I wish I did. I, I just, I feel like languages are something you're good at. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Are you good at languages? Um, maybe a little yeah. bit. Yeah, medium. It's, it's not the accent comes easily. Yeah, but you know, really, the reading and speaking is. Easy. Yeah, no, it, it definitely it's is. Fun. And I, you know, I understand. Like, I speak shoe, <laughs> so I understand. Yeah, sure, you know, like sure. What they're talking about with different terminology. Sure. Right. But um, but yeah, no, I definitely don't speak it. And it would yeah. be very useful. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk about the colorways. How do you choose yeah. the colors? Do you come out with seasons how many times a year? Yeah, so um, now that we're direct to consumer, mm -hmm. it's, uh, we don't, uh, we don't really run on a seasonal calendar. It's more buy now, wear now. Um, and then we have like limited edition launches and things. So we have our core colors that we always do and that I've learned, you know, over the past five years of what people really want. Like mm -hmm. an amazing taupe that we use that people mm -hmm. love. It's super it's strong. Hard to find. Taupe is so hard, hard to find a great shoe. Yeah. I cannot tell you. Yeah. And navy. We sell so much navy. Yeah, navy's yeah. great too. Another one that's, that's really Absolutely. good for us. So we have our core colors that we always use. Cognac is a big one for us as well, that um, always sells really well. And we, our cognac is really beautiful. Yeah, it is gorgeous. And that we use, which is a vegetable tan leather. That's, um, the basic thing about vegetable tan leather is that it sort of absorbs um, its environment around mm -hmm. it. So it can get like splotches on it or little scratches, but it actually makes it even more beautiful. It mm -hmm. kind of like, gets a nice patina to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the seasonal colors are usually around my inspiration. So our materials, I had a Scotland-inspired collection this past fall, and we had a lot of, um, you know, beautiful tartans and greens greens and um, beautiful, rich sort of khakis and browns. Mm -hmm. um, my collection this spring that we'll be launching soon is Greece. It's inspired by my trip to Greece. Oh. Um, and so we have, like, a really bright, Pink that we're oh, launching. Yeah, it's not great. Like, the color of like Bougainvillea flowers. Yes, yeah, sure. Do you guys been to Greece? Yeah, well, we have Bougainvillea flowers too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, definitely. So, yeah, so a lot of times it's sort of around my, my inspiration as well. Yeah, but. that's great. Okay, patina translation. Oh, yeah. So, a patina is, it, it basically just means it's, it's, it's a look that comes with age, that has sort of like a weathered but beautiful um, quality to it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so walk us through the process of designing a shoe. Yes. So designing a shoe, um, I usually start with um, like a sketch, um, and then um, it comes. Sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow. Um, people are always like, "How long does it take you to design things?" And the the funny thing is that for me, it's like I'll go through a phase of like the first 30 sketches I do, I'll probably hate them all and I'll trash them. Mm -hmm. But then once I get on a roll, I do like five and it's like that actual sketch takes, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah, sure. Uh, less than 10 minutes. So, um, but it's like the, you know, the thought process right. of taking you there that, that is the, the long part. And then, you know, I go to Italy and I work with the modalista, um, who is the pattern maker of the shoe. And that's really, that, um, one of the most important things in a factory is that they have a really good modalista that's artistic and has, you know, an eye for proportion and all of that because he has to really translate what you've um, drawn into, you know, a, a pattern for a shoe. Um, so the modalista does that and then it comes back to you with a prototype. Um, and the prototype um, you usually requires a lot of corrections. So you have to sort of, I'll either like draw on mm -hmm. top of the shoe, sometimes I'm even like flipping off ah. straps and placing them in different areas or um, you know, seeing how it fits and all that kind of thing. Then if there's a ton of changes, you'll go to a second prototype um, and that will do the same thing again, maybe mm -hmm. sure. My yeah. tweaks hopefully by then. Um, although there are styles that I've been through many, many rounds of prototyping. Uh, so perfect pump when we were um, 
when I was working on this was like a two-year project because we had to, it was not only, we made it a new last for it, which is the form that a shoe is built on top of, and we wanted to have, you know, we had like the wider toe box and arch support. The wider toe box was, um, was an interesting testing because I wanted to have a wider toe box that fit more people, but I also didn't want it to look like a not elegant, super short sure, toe yeah, box. Yeah, I get that. So um, we went through many phases of like what is exactly the right wow. width. Um, and um, down the road, I would love to be able to offer different widths of styles, but it's just not from an inventory standpoint, it's just not possible um, right now. But so something that, yeah, that took a lot of prototyping and then also getting arch support right and all that kind of thing. Um, but after prototyping, you get a sample. Um, and the sample is in the final materials that you're going to use. That's what you use to photograph. So you know well, that's what, um, you know, using all your photo shoots and, and everything. And then um, they, so you sign off on the sample and it goes to production. Um, you get a top of production sample. Um, so that is the first of their production to make sure that you can compare it to your, the sample that you've signed off on, make sure everything's the same, you sign off on that one, and then you, you know, at the end you get, um, before everything's shipped to you, you, you have um, like five pairs shipped to ship here, um, or if I'm there, I'll review them there, um, and just like test everything and make sure everything's Good. That's great. It's a lot of steps. It's a lot of steps. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And how many times a year do you go to Italy? I go to Italy, you know, it's varied over the years depending on um, the needs, the time, but um, right now it's like every few months. Um, but I'll be going not next week, but the week after. Okay, so you started with a wholesale model where you were selling your shoes to retailers, exactly. and then you were able to slash the prices and yeah. go direct to consumers. So, was that always in the plan, and if not, how did that decision come about? Yeah, it wasn't always in the plan. It was something I thought about for like probably two years before I had the courage to do it. Um, you know, I think as I saw the retail landscape changing and I looked at sort of the way that I was shopping and my friends were shopping and even like some of my top clients, um, like when I told one of my clients about um, the switch, uh, she was wearing, I looked at her and she was wearing, or she said to me, she said, oh, you mean like Everlane? I'm wearing an Everlane button down right now. And this is a woman that's got a Chanel handbag, is mm -hmm. Chanel pants, is you know, Sarah Flint shoes, and then she's got an Everlane button down. I thought mm -hmm. this woman, mm -hmm. you know, is, is switching to this mode of shopping. Um, this is definitely something that's interesting. And just, you know, even the way I shop personally, I shop um, direct to consumer brands and I shop sale. I don't, you know, right. I'm, not sure. a, you know I'm an entrepreneur, I'm not right. at a point in my life where I can buy right. price designer right. goods. We're right. just talking about, I got this, this from a sample sale. Yeah, right. Um, you know, so I really wanted to be able to, to have the shoes um, available to more people. Um, and, you know, an $800 price point is, is very yeah. difficult for that. And, you know, we're still a luxury product that's expensive, um, but, you know, most things are around 345 are you know, the ones that are most popular. So it is that much more available. And you get sort of that younger aspirational customer that's, you know, um, like maybe in their first job now that's, you know, getting that pair of shoes that gives them that extra amount of confidence, which was what I always wanted to, to do anyway, was, um, you know, give people that, those shoes that, that gave them confidence because 
she's always giving me such confidence. Oh, absolutely. It's a very um, powerful feeling. In no, it is. You put on a pair of heels yeah. and you're like, I look good. <laughs> I feel good. Um, and so, yeah, so we switched, but we didn't change any of our manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So we, these are, they're right. still made, you know, in the top, top factories. Mm-hmm. All we did was we stopped um, giving that margin yeah. to wholesalers. Right. So, um, so it's, I guess, you know, a great thing for our customers, and they were all super excited about it. Um, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. When I tell my clients, you know, they'll, they're thrilled. And yeah. then they're always like, um, I, I want to reorder. Yeah. Instead of, um, you know, it's that one shoe. Yes. They save up when they keep forever. You know? Exactly. Yeah, That's right. no, absolutely. No, it's so but you still know it's a luxury product. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not, it's maybe like takes the preciousness away a little bit too. Like when you do, yeah. you know, if you do like, God forbid, nick that heel on the rain or, you know, that right. eight hundred pair of shoes. It's right. Devastating. Yeah. But, I mean, four hundred dollars is still devastating, but. It's great, not, but not it's comfortable, much. you're going to wear it, and it's. Going to be your go-to shoes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so direct-to-consumer is great because you get to save on the margins. Yeah. Let's talk about brand awareness. Yeah. Since you don't have that retailer stamp of approval talking about you, has Instagram helped? Yeah. You definitely, social media is like an enormous, enormous part of it. Also because it's how you interact with your customer, right? Um, but you know, we do the typical things that direct-to-consumer brands do that are digital marketing. Um, you know, a little bit of, of advertising, um, but you know what we've really found is the most effective is word of mouth, um, and you know, really getting amazing brand ambassadors who can speak to it. I think you know if you think about seeing an ad on Instagram for a pair of shoes versus your best friend telling you about a pair of shoes sure. that she loves and how comfortable and amazing they are, you're so much more likely to yeah. buy from that. Sometimes the ads are just annoying. Yeah, right. sometimes they're, and they're, they're unnecessary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, you know, I've, I've found brands that I love on Instagram. Sure. Oh, I've targeting, targeting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, I kind of love it because yeah. I feel like I can find something new that other people don't have yet. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm less likely to pull the trigger mm-hmm. right away. It's going to take me longer than if a friend was to tell me, oh, you know, this, yes. is, this is a new brand that I love. And, um, you know, just like you do, and you know my story now. You really um, are passionate about the brand, which is so amazing. And um, you know, when you sell to stores, you can only educate. Right. Well, you spend time with the sales associates, um, and I spent a lot of time with the sales associates. I used to go to Barney's yeah. every other week, practically. Um, you can only get to so many of them. There's a lot of employees, and and there are um, a lot of shoes. Yeah, there's a lot of shoes. Which exactly. Is again, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of story to tell with this brand. So. Right. Yeah. That's very much why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about, are there Seraquint stores or pop-ups in the future? Definitely in the future. Um, I would love to start opening pop-up shops and stores. Um, right now, we are so, we're growing so quickly online, so we're um, focused on continuing on that momentum, but probably in, um, in 2020, we'll start with some pop-up shops. Yeah. Okay, Mimi, do you have any questions? I do. So one thing I wanted to tell you is I really enjoyed being an ambassador for the brand. You know, I only recommend things to people that I wear myself and that I really believe in, that that are solving a problem that they have. And that's one of those things that 
It's like, I don't want to be in, in an ugly shoe, yeah. but I'm, I'm tired of being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are executives. Or, for example, you have some very high-profile women that have worn your shoes. Meghan Markle, Amal Clooney, I think I read somewhere she has like every color <laughs> of a certain shoe that you own, and other women that we really admire yeah. they are doing important things they're women of substance yeah. and when you are someone like Amal or obviously Megan uh, Duchess of Sussex I think is sort of correct title you know you have to be on your feet all day and that's yeah. the last thing you need to be thinking about but you also have to be super chic because yeah. people are looking at you so it's the perfect shoe for everyone the only issue I ever run into is something is sold out yes. because of that. I mean, like you said, it's almost like you've been flying by the seat of your pants. Yes. Most people, when they go direct to consumer, they it's hard to find the audience. But when a high-profile person wears your shoe like that and then keeps wearing it yep. during an entire trip and the yep. focus is all about that, it's just amazing it is how... Amazing. Um, you all have to, you know, you're struggling to keep up, and I was wondering how y'all are dealing with it. It's a great problem, but it yeah, is absolutely. an issue that y'all probably didn't know you were going to have to deal with. Oh, in I mean, it's the issue, the, the issue, the issue that everybody wishes. <laughs> um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we've added a lot of factories. Um, oh, okay. that's what I'll be doing next week is going to visit some new factories. Okay. Um, you know, it's. It's really, we're in such a better position to forecast demand now. Right. Um, having been direct to consumer for a full year and having right. sort of data around it, but when you're growing this fast, you only ever forecast so much. Right. Um, I think the other thing was that we had so many styles and so many SKUs when mm -hmm. we were selling to wholesale because you have to. Right. You have to have something different than Barney's and Bloomingdale's. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. They all want different styles because um, they don't want to have to go on markdown. Right. And, you know, Barney's yeah. doesn't want to go market down when Berkeley right. does. So um, if it's an exclusive to them, then they don't yeah. have to. Um, so I was designing like 200 pairs of shoes a year, um, which is really challenging. And then also, you know, it's not great for the factories mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they have efficiencies around volume. And um, you never really got enough data to see what people really wanted. Right. So this year, I've been able to really figure out exactly what are our best sellers right. and what do people want, want and putting so much more volume and um, so much more of our, our dollars mm -hmm. behind those best-selling styles that I've seen people really, really want. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have our limited edition styles that are those really... Uh, are these limited edition? Those are, exactly. Those, those are limited editions. They're hand-pleated. They Unbelievable. Have, these are available um, if you email support at sarahflint.com. Okay. But they're not on the website, so okay. it's a very special style. Um, and we'll have that in the description. Yeah, exactly. Support um, at sarahflint.com. So those types of styles sell out, but I also, you know, I wanted to continue to be able to, to make those really creative and artistic styles. It's not sure. probably the first style someone will buy from the brand, but you know, we well, have other customers that you know bought the whole collection and that right. want to keep you know right. finding those really special things yeah, too. Yeah. So I think just narrowing our assortment and focus as well as mm -hmm. has made us much uh, better at at ordering the right amounts. So. Yeah, that's great, and it's been good. I have a, a contact, so I can text yeah. her and say, when is the Emma in leopard print coming back in? Yeah. Or whatever, and she'll be able to tell me so I can tell my 
clients. Exactly. And you know, we want every you have a contact because you're a brand ambassador, but we want everybody to feel that way that they have a contact at Sarah Flint with our right. customer service team, you know, right. because um, you know, most a lot of our customers know them by name, right. right? Um we don't have live chat now, but that's something we're gonna be launching. Oh, that's not um, like that we too. wanna institute SMS so that people can text. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that we are a luxury brand, but we are a very different kind of luxury brand. We're a very friendly luxury brand. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I want, you know, I, I view all of my customers as friends. Yes. And I want them to feel that way about the brand. Right. Um, and I think they do. So. Yeah, I think they do too. I think that's wonderful. And I think that the days of that exclusive, you can't yeah. play with us things yeah. are over. And so you're very open and welcoming. Yeah. And, um, and therefore, we're all excited about your success. Well, thank you. <laughs> and there is a code. If you go to the website, sarahflint.com, if you put in Allison in all capital letters and then five zero, so it's A-L-I-S-O-N five zero, you'll get $50 off of your first pair. And that's so sweet of you to offer that to our audience and to my clients. Of course, of course. I'm excited for them to try it out this year. Yes, they will definitely not go back after they've had their first pair. So um, we'll have that in the description as well. Okay, so let's talk about what have you learned from Cindy Crawford, who is an investor? Oh, that's a very good question. I think, you know, even to what we were just speaking about with having narrowing it down on those best-selling styles, uh, Cindy talked to me a lot about having those iconic pieces um, and, you know, really, really fo- focusing on them. What if I was Cindy's such an amazing businesswoman as well. She knows a lot about branding and marketing. Um, you know, I think she always tells me to, to stick with my gut. Mm-hmm. to do what, you know, what I, what I know is best. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think that's great advice. You know, from someone who I'm sure has a million people whispering a million things right. in her ear at all times, you know, she really focuses on, on what she knows is right. And, and that's really great advice to live by. I think that's great advice for every person, especially every woman. For some reason, I think women have a really, really strong instincts, yeah. but sometimes they don't trust them. Absolutely. You know, and so it's yeah. really important to Definitely. trust yourself and and make those decisions based on yeah. if someone is saying, don't do this. Yeah. I mean, I in your head. Yeah. If you're th- someone's saying to do it and you're thinking, ah. No, it's, it's funny. We do, I feel like so many people I've talked to and so many young entrepreneurs as well, because I'm trying to surround myself with other mm-hmm. people right. doing similar things, have you know, said that it, you know, it's so hard, especially coming to it as a, as a young female entrepreneur, when you right. ask other people giving you advice that are yes. maybe older or more experienced or been to business school or yeah. you know, things like that, um, to trust your instincts, but it's so important because right. your instincts have gotten you this far, and, yes. and ultimately it's your brand. So. Yeah. It's as simple as uh, a a a person, a woman going into a store, and I hear this so much, you know, I don't know why I bought this. Oh, yes. They talked me into it. I knew I shouldn't get it. You know, I'm like, listen to yourself in the future. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. Don't do it anymore. You don't think you're going to wear it. Decide, done. You're not going to wear it. And tell me, too, if I pick something up. Yeah. If I pick out a shoe of Sarah's and you say, that's really too high of a heel for me. Wait, let's investigate something else. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the relationship building too. I think, you know, we have started to say around here that's uh, what would you, what would you do for your sister? 
Oh, that's nice. If it was your sister, would you tell her if something didn't look good? Right. Probably. Yeah. If it's your sure. sister and um, her shoes got lost by FedEx and um, she has a wedding, you know, that weekend that she was wearing them to, wouldn't you pay for overnight shipping to get them to her? Right. Right. Okay. That's great. That's a great way to look at things. Okay. So what challenges do you face as an entrepreneur? Um, challenges. I think, you know, with growth comes challenge. Um, scaling, scaling the team, scaling production. Um, I think people is always the hardest thing, yeah. right? Team is always yeah. the hardest. Finding the right people, finding them fast enough when you, you know, are going through growing periods. Have you ever felt that because you were young and you were a woman yeah. that maybe some people wouldn't, didn't take you seriously or just wanted to give you advice? Yes, in the beginning, definitely. But I think I've gotten, gotten through that. You have the numbers yeah. now. So yeah, I think I've gotten through your... it. And... Okay, so what do you like to do outside of work? Outside of work, um, I'm going to be honest with you, I work a lot. Same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Right. So it's not always work. Right. Um, and I like eating a lot. Yes. I love going to restaurants. I love traveling. Yeah. Uh, traveling is yeah, my favorite thing ever. And then I'm extremely close with my family. So mm -hmm. I spend, you know, a lot of time um, just yeah, do, doing things. My best friends are my 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 cousins. Mm -hmm. I have cousins in the city. That's great. Um, I'm friends with my second cousins. Yeah. You know, or, um, everyone around here hear jokes about Sarah's like army of cousins. Oh, how yeah. cute. That's yeah. so cute. But um, but yeah, spending time with family, eating, traveling, those are pretty much and a lot of those you get to with work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Although I don't have any family members at work, but <laughs> well your dad yeah. helped out one time. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. Went to London and delivered some shoes the to a special someone. A special someone at a very special place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have a sister who's in investment banking, so maybe she'll be my, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, definitely, for sure. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay, so let's talk about, you get in the stores of your dreams. Yep. Barney's, Bloomingdale's, so you're, and of course you were so honored yes. to be carried there. How did you approach the conversation that you're going direct to consumer and you need to exit your brand? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> um, you know, I think... Everyone had been such great partners, so we were sad to, to say goodbye, but um, I think that people, you know, were excited for us ultimately, and, you know, we haven't necessarily closed the door forever. Right. Um, you know, there are ways, there are a lot of uh, stores like that that are learning or that are experimenting with ways to work with direct right. consumer brands. I think if you look at Nordstrom is one of the ones that's really leading the way with what they're doing with, you know, they've done all kinds of pop-ups with a bunch of different direct-to-consumer yeah. brands, or you know, you can have a shop and shop, which is basically where you pay rent within the right. store. Um, and that's certainly something we, we would consider in the future, mm -hmm. um, just just not right now. But it, that those, yeah, it was a hard part. I think especially Barney was saying about because yeah, yeah that's uh, uh, such an honor. Yeah, and it was my first big. Yeah, you were so young. Yeah, you know, whenever people talk about being in the store, they say she's. So young, yeah, I got this line. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful stuff. 
Okay, so what's next for Sarah Flint? Will there be more classifications in the future? Yeah, so we're, you know, we, we will launch some little things like small leather goods and belts and that kind of thing over the next um, few years. Mm -hmm. We're really focused on shoes and then down the road, who knows, you know, I could really see Sarah Flint as a lifestyle brand that has a lot of um, thoughts about everything from home to right. you know, outerwear to... Right. Yeah. I would say my second passion to shoes are handbags, and then my third passion are coats. Yes. I love coats. I love coats, too. Yeah. So where should I be going? It's hard to find coats. Yeah. So I need you to make coats. Yeah. I do. And I need you to make coats that are... Right. Absolutely. We have some people that who make coats now at work that we love. Yeah. Like, Michelle Wall, I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't, but I'm totally going to look Yeah, I'll tell you about that for sure. Um, and then, but a lot of people don't have the, the coats that you would wear in February and March. You know, you're tired of your dark winter coats yeah. that's still chilly, but yeah. you want something sort of fresh and pastel wool or something. So Definitely. we'll have that conversation okay, when you're okay, ready. Okay, good. Well, you're going to do some <laughs> personal shopping for me. We'll so. <laughs> <laughs> do trade. Yeah, that'd be great. Great. Thank you all so much for joining us today on The Style That Binds Us. Delia and I really are honored, and we love this girl. And we hope that you look into the website, Sarah Flint. And as we said, if it is a style that you like that seems to be sold out in your size, just keep checking back. You can direct message me. We have a wait list, actually, so you can get on the wait list. Yeah. And remember to put in the code Allison50 to get your $50 off your first pair. So thanks again for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe, like, make comments, all of those good things. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We would love it if you would go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. The best way for us to know your thoughts is if you rate and review the Style That Binds Us podcast. This will give us the opportunity to know what you'd like to see from us in the future. Follow along on our adventures on social media at The Style That Binds Us, at Allison Brune, at Delia Folk are our handles. Until next time.